Last night, our Kansas City Chiefs got that dub, baby. Got the monkey off our back, baby. Beating the bully Patriots to a bloody pole. Boy says, you know, we had to come over some uh, obstacles. You know, our uh, equipment was sent to New Jersey. Uh, you know, the officiating was bad in this game, but I want to give a kudos to Spags and that defense for uh, carrying their weight on this game, and we went ahead and pulled it on out. Um, with that being said, let's get on with the show. I am DBs1492. What's up, KC? This Lee 86. What's going on? This is Cowboy, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. We had a great football weekend, some great games over the football weekend. Let's kick it off with the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Bills. Baltimore Ravens were able to defeat the Bills 24-17. to Mr. Jackson went for 145 yards, three uh, TDs, and uh, one long INT. Ingram had 50 carries for 50, I'm sorry, 50, uh, 15 carries for 50 yards. And uh, Mr. Jackson was right behind with 40 yards. Top receiver was Hurst, 73 yards, one TD. But like I said, this is one of the games that we watched. It was a major game within the AFC conference as a whole. Lee, what is your thoughts on the uh, Bills defeating, I'm sorry, the uh, Ravens defeating the Bills? Yeah, it didn't go as we all predicted here at Sports Talk KC because we all picked Buffalo to win that game. But, um, you know, as as we were watching on our own stand together, you know, Buffalo, it, I didn't take, you know, from that game like Buffalo lost. I took from that game. Buffalo is a very feisty and physical team and a very good team. And they really limited um, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and company. You know, um, like me and Beach were saying, I really like um, McDermott, their coach, and stuff like that in their defense. But, um, you know, they they – they put a lot of things on tape. Like I said, yeah, Lamar threw for three touchdowns. He only threw for like a buck 40 and 40 yards on the ground. That's pretty impressive to hold him to those kind of stats. So, you know, Buffalo didn't get the dub in the end, but they were there, you know, clawing and digging to the end. So, you know, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. You know, we all say that, you know, Buffalo is one of them teams <laughs> that you don't want to see. But, you know, um, they're a good team. But kudos to the Ravens, Ravens for, you know, keeping the ball, keeping the ball rolling. But that was a good game. And Beach, what are your thoughts on the uh, Ravens and Bills? Uh, not much. You know, Lee took my shit. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but I just want to add this little tidbit in there because we was up there discussing this yesterday. And actually, he brought it up to me as far as their raw receivers and not getting enough separation to where, you know, they can move the ball like they want to. And a little bit with their running game, too. But um, like, like Lee said, they called and they, you know, they put up a good fight against Baltimore, but they just didn't have – um, you know, that that little extra to put them over, put them over the edge to uh, top them. But they did pretty good. It's just I think they're probably like a year off, you know, with this next draft class and, you know, free agency. They're going to be they're going to be something to reckon with. And that might be your new um, division champions next year with, you know, the decline and in the Patriots and stuff like that. So. That's the team to watch out for, uh, definitely. And that's all the little tidbit I wanted to, ask, to add. I didn't want to, um, you know, say the same thing Lee said. So, I just swing it back to you, Cal. 
Well, like you said, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Uh, the Bills head coach is pretty feisty, man. I liked his aggression on the sideline. Uh, Mr. Jackson, you know, his game, yeah, he was productive, but like you said, he didn't really have an outside threat within that wide receiving core. All his uh, passes pretty much went to tight ends, and Ingram had a couple in there, but uh, really nothing too major uh, with his arm yesterday. I didn't really see much of that going on, but they did manage to split and pass the Bills. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, good game, good game. And and I just wanted to throw that in. You know, you you spoke about the division possibly next year for Buffalo. It's not out of the question for them this year. You know, they still have to play New England. You know, coming up in the next couple of weeks, so that'd be an interesting ball game. But you know, this they pretty much laid a real good blueprint. Do not be surprised that all NFL teams contending in the AFC take a page from the Buffalo Bills defense to kind of slow Baltimore down. Yeah, which they were able to do. Uh, let's move it on to another big game, another uh, shootout, 49ers and the Saints. 49ers was able to slip past the uh, Saints, 48 to 46. Uh, Jimmy uh, – Mr. Garoppolo went for uh, 26 of 35, 349 yards, four TDs, and one long INT. The uh, pickup from the uh, the ex-player from the Broncos, uh, Sanders, also had a throw in there, 35 yards, one TD. Uh, Merced, was it Merced? Whatever his last name is. Yeah, Merced, I think. Anyway, he carried for 10, carried 69 yards, one TD. And their top receivers uh, – was uh, Sanders, man. Sanders had a hell of a game, dog. Uh, hey, seven Sanders. receptions, 100. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, seven receptions, 157 yards, and one TD. So he definitely was a good pickup. Kittles, uh, one of the other great tight ends in the league, had six receptions, 67 yards, one TD. But like I said, this was a shootout. Went down to the wire. was going back and forth. We did not – well, Lee uh, and uh, Beats did not think that they were going to be able to get over the hump being there. They were playing the Mercedes Dome, but they were, they was able to slide past. So, uh, Lee, what are your thoughts on the uh, 49ers and Saints game? Yeah, um, on the prediction, yeah, me and Beats went with the Saints, you know. Um, but, like I said – that game, I, I knew that game was a coin flip type of game. That, that that was a game evenly matched across the board and on paper. You know, um, like I said, we knew it was going to be a close game. We didn't necessarily think a shootout with our predictions. Um, you know, we thought that both defenses, you know, for the respective teams, you know, would, you know, be a little bit more – you know, sturdier than that, but it was a shootout, real good game. You know, the 49ers did what they had to do. You know, they just keep on making that, um, you know, that NFC playoff picture, you know, real interesting to watch down the stretch. So I know we're going to get into the playoff pitchers and things and that later, but, you know, real good win by uh, the 49ers. Like you said, Cal, going to that Mercedes-Benz Superdome and um, defeating Sean Payton and um, Drew Brees, and Michael Thomas, and Kamar and company. So, you know, that that's tough to do. You know, um, that that's the Foxborough of the NFC, just to be honest, you know, there in Seattle. 
But, you know, good job by San Francisco. You know, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, both teams just really brought real good game plans to the table. You know, and it played out like that with the shootout. But hell of a game. Kudos to the 49ers. And Beach, where you got on the game? Just to add to Lee's point, you know, it is the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome is the Foxborough of the NFC because the damn Saints can't get a motherfucking call on that bitch for shit um, with that damn. Um, I guess I guess uh, the rule was on that. I, we were saying pass interference, but it should have been holding because I guess yeah. you can hold a gunner like that. But that's just egregious to where you know that they're trying to get the ball to that guy. <laughs> You know, um, the Saints receiver should have, you know, some um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he should be able to, you know, be able to get the ball and not be held like that. So, mm-hmm. I just think that was a bad call and missed call on, you know, the refs down there in that game. Not that it uh, had really an effect on the game like it did last year in the NFC Championship game because, you know, um, the Saints went up and then pretty much um, – um, San Francisco drove down and kicked the field goal. And, you know, George Kittle, you know, my uh, tight end number one in the league, you know, the best tight end in the league, in my opinion. Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't go down. You know, he's hard, you know, hard to get down. You know, he's physical. And he uh, on, converted on that fourth and two and then drawed a penalty flag for face mask and added on. And so they went on and won that game. But uh, throughout the game, pretty much, um seemed like both coaches were, you know, they they brought their best game plan to the to the table this game. They weren't. They weren't holding anything back. They both wanted this game, it seemed like, um, you know, um, I just give credit to uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch for constructing this roster, building up that defense through the draft and with key free agents, um, you know, uh, the trade deadline, getting uh, Emmanuel Sanders to give Jimmy Garoppolo another weapon on the outside to open up. And then just overall, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's uh, play caller, man, I mean, to me, he's one of the one of the best play callers in the league. So mm-hmm. I just give a and then you'll probably see this matchup again, possibly in a, in the NFC Championship game, but it might be out in uh, San Fran this time. So good overall game, entertaining, and uh, yeah, you were right, Cal. I mean, yeah, you were right, Cal. You know, you picked the Forty Nine ers so you know it is. What it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, like uh, they 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 came over a turf hurdle, losing last week to that tough one against uh, uh, Baltimore. Like I said, I know they're going to have a little fuel in their jets to take off a little faster on these guys. But uh, Drew Brees was not to be upstaged. He went for twenty to forty, three hundred to forty nine yards, five TDs. Murray had six, seven seven carries for sixty nine yards, and uh, Michael Thomas had eleven receptions for one hundred thirty four yards. One TD, Cook had uh, 64 yards and two TDs. <clears throat> so, like, Drew Brees, you know, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. And you know he's going to sell out. But that was a very close game, hell of a game. Kudos to the Niners. But like I said, we had a lot of hell, a lot of great games over this football weekend. Uh, let's kick it off with the uh, Titans against the Raiders. The Titans beating the Raiders to a bloody poke. <laughs> uh, it was 42-21. Uh, to 21. 
Um, they like the Raiders can't catch a break, man. They're they're, they're definitely uh, <laughs> getting their ass with these last few games. I guess they're just playing for draft picks at this point. But uh, Ryan Tannehill went from for twenty one to twenty seven, three hundred and ninety one yards, three TDs, and one long INT. The workhorse Henry, eighteen carries, one hundred three yards, two TDs. Uh, and uh, receiving Brown had uh, one hundred fifty three yards, two TDs. He was a top receiver. Like I said, it was another blowout. Lee, what are your thoughts on the Titans and the uh, Raiders? Yeah, I just wanted to speak on this game just to, you know, um, just the implications that it has, you know, with the playoff picture and everything. You know, um, good job by the Titans going in and taking out the Raiders, which ultimately led to our Kansas City Chiefs taking the AFC West division for the fourth consecutive year, you know. So the Tennessee Titans, man, they are another ball club, like I said, man, with um, up there with the Buffalo Bills, I really feel. Um, they are a team that scratches and digs and paws, you know, down the end. And um, they have a real aggressive um, rushing attack, like you said, with that bell cow, uh, Derrick Henry back there, and Ryan Tannehill really playing efficient ball. This guy is six and one or five and one, one of those since he has took over the helm, you know, um, for Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, they are a dangerous team as well. Um, just kudos to them, man. Um, playing good defense, you know, uh, Vrabel has those guys, um, playing really good, uh, really good all-around ball there in Tennessee. So, short and sweet, they did what they had to do against the Raiders. I'm glad they did it, you know, because it implemented us in some other way. So, you know, the Tennessee Titans just just keep on churning along. So, good job by the Tennessee Titans. And what do you got in the game, Doug Beats? Uh, not much, really, but um... – Glad that the Raiders uh, lost yesterday. That helped us, you know, clinch our uh, playoff berth uh, last night with our win. Um, anybody that were that was on the uh, Raiders bandwagon a couple weeks ago, you know, talking about they can po- possibly take over the division, shut your ass up, you know, because <laughs> uh, you know they're you know they're getting their ass whooped. The past three games they've been getting blown out. Um, Tennessee, on the other hand, I'm I'm watching them because that's a team I do not want to face. And they play Houston this week. I'm not sure if Houston goes there or um, they go to Houston. But um, they play Houston this week, and then they play Houston the last week of the uh, the last game of the season. So I'm interested to see how that division uh, turns out between those two because I believe – only one's going to probably make it. So whoever wins um, these two games between um, the Titans and Houston will be in within that fourth seed. And uh, I do not want to play them. So, <laughs> I mean, that's that's my thoughts on the game. I'm just – I'm hoping – I'm kind of hoping to see what uh, Houston does to them and see how that goes. But I guess we, whoever it is, we're just going to have to take care of them anyway. But – do y'all remember? Do y'all remember at the beginning of the season, y'all y'all kind of like laughed at me when I said when I mentioned the Tennessee Titans and stuff. No, I probably don't remember. Yeah, I kind of remember that a little bit, but I said Tennessee is a tough team, man. Like, like I said, if their quarterback 
situation could stay stay stable, you know, they are a dangerous team. And uh and uh Mr. Tannehill, man, like I said, he was in the fucking sucking place of Miami. So, you know, he's now with a real organization and has some real key players around him. He just shows that he was a good quarterback. He just mm-hmm. didn't have what he needed in Miami, which is the dumpster fire uh, team. Let's move it along. Uh, we also had uh, the Denver's against the Texans. Now, this was a fucking surprise. Denver uh, was able to get past the Texans, 38-24. to 24. That was a shock. I don't know what's going on with the Texans, but uh, Mr. Locke went for a 22-27, very efficient, 309 yards, three TDs, and one long INT. Uh, their workhorse, uh, Lindsey, went for 16 carries, 51 yards, one TD. And uh, Fant uh, had four receptions, 113 yards, one TD. Now, this was a surprise that the Denver Broncos were able to go into Texas Stadium and defeat them at home. Wow. So I guess the Broncos are just playing to fuck with people and upset people right at this point. But uh, what do you got? What do you got on the game, Lee? Yeah, man. Um, that's why I felt that we had to put this game not not only you know uh, for the Houston Texans losing, but you know uh, Denver is who is coming in here um, to Arrowhead this this Sunday. Um, I said it, you know, a little bit yesterday. You know, that's a game that you don't want to overlook. That's a sneaky, quiet, tough ball game. You Mm -hmm. know, Drew Luck is coming in and playing some good sound ball. You know, he has that whole team kind of focused in. You know, that can change the dynamics of an NFL team. You know, kind of look, look at the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill coming in, kind of just, you know, rejuvenated that whole squad. It's pretty reminiscent to what we're seeing in Denver. So, you know, um, kudos to the Denver Broncos, man. Like I said, that was another game that, you know, that um, has some implications to the playoff picture as well. You know, like you said, Houston going down. I know we're going to get into the rundown of Playoff picture, but Houston going down and us taking care of business, you know, that bumped us up to that third, third spot, you know. So, um, Denver is a tough team, you know, a team that should not be overlooked. You know, they did what they had to do for some turnovers and stuff like that. You know, that game was pretty much out of the water before it even began. So, I, I really don't have too much insight, you know, on that game. You know, just <clears throat> that just goes to show you this is the NFL any given Sunday. No one expected Denver to go into Houston and ball out like that. But they did and just made it interesting for the rest of this season. But good job by Denver. You know, she's got to stay focused when they come to town. And, Beach, what do you got on the upset? I'm glad uh, Lee mentions staying focused because obviously the Houston Texans was probably riding high off of beating the New England Patriots uh, the previous week. And so uh, it's just shown that uh, it's any given Sunday, you got to keep your head on a swivel. Um, anybody can catch these L's. Um, so you just got to come ready to play and not overestimate anybody. But uh, not too much on this, just good win by uh, – the Denver Broncos, you know, keep playing for themselves and trying to build towards something next year. They might have found their quarterback. I don't know. But um, like I, like Lee was saying, we got to keep our heads on the swivel because they're coming in and they're looking to upset us and uh, put a little damper on our uh, playoff 
seating uh, aspirations for that two seed. So, um, like I said, not too much on this, but good overall win by the uh, by the Denver Broncos, and hopefully, you know, maybe Houston can, you know, get their act right and uh, probably turn it around and uh, probably win out, or you know, or they're gonna probably be out of the playoffs. So, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, because it's not it's, it's not gonna be easy. They like like you said, they got they got Tennessee. The last, uh, two out of the last three. So Houston, man, like they said, it's not going to be easy for Houston. Yeah, the Denver, Denver Broncos are like the the person that takes the last the last piece of chicken that you had your eye on when you was on the way to the table and get it. Those are the Denver Broncos, man. You got to watch out for them. They're sneaky. And like I said, they're uh, doing what they can to place in anybody's coffee that has a chance to get in. So – you got to watch it. This game coming up with them is not to be slept on at all. But uh, to move it along, we had another Sunday night football game. Now, this was another shocker as well. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams. Seahawks was able to go overcome – I'm sorry, the Rams were able to overcome the Seahawks 28-12. to 12. And I'm assuming from the loss, Russell Wilson did not get the Jesse Spano treatment. Uh, Jared Goff <laughs> went for <laughs> – Went for uh, 22 of 31, 293 yards, two TDs, and two INTs. Ty Gurley had a uh, pretty good game, 23 carries, 79 yards, one TD. Uh, Like I said, man, this was another uh, upset. Uh, Believe, what are your thoughts on the Rams uh, basically beating the Seahawks to a pulp? I'm at sharp and sweet on this one. Um, if you communicate defensively and you guys play good physical ball for four quarters, it can take you a long way. And it's, that, it's just short and sweet. That's what the Rams did. Um, Aaron Donald was being the massive beast that he was up front, really just disrupted Russell Wilson in that offensive line all night. You know, it was a really good game plan. You know, like you said, it was a shocker because we all <laughs> picked Seattle to, you know, to win in L.A. But like I said, man, back to that again. Any given Sunday, anyone can be beat. Like said, like Beach was saying, anybody can catch these L's, man. It's that time of the year where, you know, even the sorriest of teams, they know their scheme and they know their assignments and stuff like that. And these guys get paid too. But, you know, that's all it was in this ball game. Um, like you said, the Rams had enough offense to go with that, you know, suffocating defense. And they were victorious. Like I said, this is another game that just made the NFC playoff picture that much more interesting. But kudos to, you know, um, 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 McVeigh and Jared Goff and Gurley and those guys, you know, for making plays and really putting the clamps down on the Seattle Seahawks. You know, good job, but – Aaron Donald really took that game over. Aaron Donald said, I'm not going to let (laughs) – I'm going to be disruptive. And that was the difference in that ball game. And, Beast, what do you got on the the beating? Um, It seemed like um, Wade Phillips in that Rams defense pretty much put it in, you know, Russell Wilson and his receivers' hands. Because, you know – 
the Seahawks like to run the ball and then do play action and, you know, take their shots when they can and they like to control the ball and stuff like that. I mean, once they got – once the Rams got up, you know, Seattle had to catch up and they had to pretty much uh, pass to try to stay within the game and never could get the run game going and that fed into what Lee was talking about with Aaron Donald, you know, um, being disruptive and taking over the game. And then offensively for the Rams, they got back to kind of what they do as far as, you know, establishing the run, getting Ty Gurley going, that other back that they have, and then doing, you know, their jet sweeps and play action off of that. And so, I mean, it just looked like the Rams of last year, kind of. I mean, not kind of. They did look like the Rams of last year, last night. So, mm-hmm. um, sweet. that's pretty much what it was. And then, like, like I said, you know, anybody can catch these L's. You gotta, you gotta stay on. You can't underestimate anybody. You gotta come into the dog fight ready to fight. I agree. I agree, man. Like I said, that was a shocking loss. Like you said, anybody can lose at any given week, man. Uh, you can't think you you can't take these games for granted and think that it's gonna be an easy walkthrough because teams are uh, like like with the Denver's. Uh, Denver Broncos beating the Texans and the Rams beating Seattle. You know, they're, they're looking to piss in the people's coffee. So, they're not going to make it easy for you. All, but uh, all these games, all these games at this at this time of year are magnified and are vastly important. Right, right, right. And uh, since we're on the uh, topic of the NFC, let's just give a breakdown of that because we haven't really done that so far. I know we are AFC guys, but – uh. As for the NFC uh, as a total on the East, the Cowboys are leading six and seven, and the Eagles are right behind them with five and seven. So that watch that one pretty close, because anyone's is anyone's uh, conference at that point going in the uh, East. Uh, in the West, you got the Forty Nine ers eleven and two, Seahawks right behind them ten and three, Rams is eight and five, Cardinals you can just hang it up. Uh, <laughs> The NFC North, you got the Packers ten and three, Vikings right behind them nine and four, and Bears are sitting at seven and six. Lions, just go home. Uh, NFC, NFC South, you got the uh, Saints leading <laughs> ten and three, uh, ten and three. Buccaneers right behind them at six and seven. Panthers are five and eight. Falcons just fly south, which you already are there, so just stay there. But anyway. That's how the NFC is looking. Lee, what are your thoughts on the NFC? Yeah, just to kind of break it down, you know, um, just the whole picture right now, like you said, the 49ers are the number one seed at 11-2 and two with, the, um, with the New Orleans Saints um, pretty much losing, losing that head-to-head game yesterday. Right behind them at the number two is the Packers at 10-3. and three. The Saints is the third seed, but the Saints actually have already clinched their division. Like you said, Dallas is the fourth seed, and um, <clears throat> at six and seven, the fifth seed, which which was so shocking to me, you see, it, it, you know, um, how Seattle played last night, you know, knowing things right on, you know, on their performance. Because if they win that ball game, they are the number one seed. And the 49ers are the fifth seed in which Seattle is right now. And the Vikings are the sixth. 
and final C at nine and four. But like I said, man, that, that was interesting. You know, the Rams beating the Seattle Seahawks just kind of, you know, I know the 49ers just really, really appreciated, you know, the uh, Rams for doing that to the Seahawks because it kept them at the number one seed. Because if the Rams beat Seattle goes in and beat the Rams, <laughs> 49ers, even fans don't are still the fifth seed, but they're at that one seed sitting at the top. So it's going to be interesting. And Beast, what do you got on? Uh, oh, okay. And what um, you got on the NFC Beats? I mean, the league pretty much said it. Um, I'm just interested what the, uh, what the rest of the schedule is like for both um, uh, the 49ers and uh, Seahawks. Do they play again? Or do you know? I'm not sure. I can uh, try to sure pull it up. Yeah, I can try to I can try to uh, pull it up real quick. Yeah, I mean that'd just be interesting if they play again. You know, just just for seeding purposes. Just you know, because mm-hmm. even if because if if they do play again, I think you're I think the scenario that you said, Lee, is still in play. It might be, depending on what yeah. the Packers and yeah, what, yeah. what uh, you know the Saints do and stuff like that. But. Right, it's like they could jump. It's like they could jump back up. Seattle could jump back up to that one seed, and the Forty ers could fall back down to one of those wild cards, the five or the six. Yeah, they the Seahawks actually have. They're at the Panthers this Sunday. Uh, Cardinals and the 49ers is the last game. So it will be so it will be for some depending on how these next two go. If Seattle wins those two and then okay. Yeah. I bet, mm-hmm. Depending on what the 49ers do, I guess if they wrap those up, well, no. I, I guess if you know, like I'm saying, Seattle, if they can if they can just win these next two, I think they I think they will have a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll come down for that last game. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I asked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all I got because, um, like I said, if the I don't see I don't I don't see New Orleans or Green Bay trying to, uh, you know, um, get I don't see that positioning changing anytime soon. And then whoever uh, wins the uh, the NFC East between, you know, the Eagles and the uh, Cowgirls um, and that fourth spot, whoever they play in Wild Card Weekend, they're going to lose anyway. So, I mean, that's just a dead spot right there. So, like I said. Huh? Yeah, I was just going to say, all four of those teams, the 49ers, the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks, they are all going to be tugging and pulling for those first, that one and two seed, because they are all just a game apart from each other. You got the 49ers at 11 and two, Packers 10 and three, New Orleans 10 and three, and Seattle 10 and three. So, all four of those teams are still very much in place for the one and two seed. You just never know. Yeah. And let's uh, get off into the AFC. Uh, the AFC, you got the Patriots sitting at 10 and three, Bills right behind them, nine and four. 
The Chiefs, uh, which clinched, is uh, nine and four. Uh, in the North, you got the AFC. Uh, in the in the AFC North, you got the Ravens, eleven and two. Steelers, eight and five. South Texans, eight and five, and uh, the Titans are right behind them, eight and five. So that's how to pretty much want to go ahead and break that down. Uh, beats I let uh, Lee do in the NFC. Oh, okay. Uh, well, as of right now, Baltimore is your number one seed. Uh, your Patriots are still your number two. Uh, your Chiefs moved up yesterday with beating the uh, the Patriots, moved to the uh, excuse me to the number three seed. The Texans fall to the number four seed because of losing to the Broncos. In that fifth seed, you still have uh, Buffalo who lost to um, the Ravens yesterday. And then in that uh, sixth seed, you have Pittsburgh, who beat um, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I guess just for our sake, the Kansas City Chiefs, we would need to win out, and the Patriots would need to drop a game for us to um, jump up. Mm-hmm. To that number two spot. Yes, sorry. Sorry for not completing the damn sentence, my statement. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> And the only other thing I could see kind of changing is um, that number four seed with, like I said before, that uh, AFC South between the, te- uh, the Titans and the Texans. They play two more times within these three games, and so that's going to be a fight for that playoff spot. Um, I don't necessarily see Buffalo going anywhere in that uh, five spot, and um, I think the Steelers are going to be – in that six, but I don't, I don't see any. I don't see how. I mean, I don't know what the rest is. I think they play the Ravens again, right? No, nah. they don't. The the Bills. No, I'm talking about Steelers. Uh, no, I don't think they. I think they do. I they may play the. Yeah, I think they do play the Ravens one more time. Yep, they do. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to see because as of right now, if it ended today, the Chiefs will be uh, will be making their way to Arrowhead Stadium to play on Wild Card Weekend. Right. So, yeah, and um, was you still giving was you still giving some tidbits on the I'm done. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, um, Baltimore. Um, they have already clinched a berth. You know, they're there at 11 and 2. And then the Chiefs, of course, had clinched the division there at 9 and 4. But um, like I said earlier, it's any given Sunday. Um, it'll be interesting to, you know, just, just say if Baltimore was to lose two games, Kansas City wins out, and New England loses one. You're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs as the number one seed. So, like I said, man, these three games, I do not see Baltimore losing two because they had the Jets on Thursday night coming up. But we know how the, we know what the Jets, you know, the Jets can be feisty and want to play that spoiler role. So, and um, Baltimore, you know, still has to play, um, I think, Cleveland one more time, you know. Yep. Um, and Cleveland has been the other team to beat them besides the Kansas City Chiefs. So, 
these next three games, the pictures and everything, it's just going to be interesting. It's back to what we've been saying. The Kansas City Chiefs as a unit just have to stay focused and worry about what's on their plate. Um, and I will throw this a bit in here. The five and six seed is going to be interesting because this Sunday night, you have the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers facing off against each other on Sunday night football. So that is going to be a very big game. That's Buffalo's game, you know, um, before they go and play the New England Patriots. So it could be some fluctuation with that five and six seed because you got both of those teams squaring off. You know, like I said, this Sunday night coming up. So, and Houston still has to play Tennessee, who was in the hunt twice. And it's going to be interesting, man. It's it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I don't see Baltimore losing twice. Um, I do see New England having a tough game against Buffalo. I really do see that. So, this is going to be interesting, man. This is, you know. Um, on the AFC side and the NFC side, it's just a lot of interesting things to keep an eye on that, you know, these remaining three weeks. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, the Ravens do play the Steelers their last game. Mm, you see the Ravens. Yeah, so so that means that the Ravens' last three is Thursday night against the Jets, um, the Browns. Yeah. And the Steelers. So, and then you got New England's last three. Um, I know one of them is the Bills, and I know one of them is the um, Cincinnati Bengals, who is who they play this Sunday. And I think their last team they play is the Miami Dolphins. So, only contender really that could possibly upset New England is Buffalo. So, you know. It's going to be interesting, but that's going to be a hell of a ball game between Buffalo and Pittsburgh Sunday night. Yeah, that should be a hell of a game. But it's definitely starting to take uh, shape, shape up. You know, uh, we just need to uh, take care of our business, man. Uh, and speaking care, speaking of uh, taking care of business, the Chiefs was able to go into Foxborough and get a victory. Uh, it was uh, 23 to 16. Uh, Pat Mahomes went for 26-40, not too efficient, uh, 283 yards, one TD, and one long INT. Now, here's the bullshit right here. 11 carries, LaShawn McCoy had 39 yards. Spencer Ware, five carries, 11 yards. Darren Thompson, four carries, seven yards. And Pat had six rushing yards as well. That's where the bullshit begins with the Chiefs. We are not balanced at all. Like I said, we've been, I've been saying balanced all year, and we are not. Uh, and I don't see it changing this time anytime soon. But anyway, uh, Lee, what is your thoughts on the Chiefs yesterday taking out the Patriots? Yeah, first and foremost, man, um, hell of a win by the Kansas City Chiefs, um, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and company. You know, this organization um, got the monkey off their backs. Um, this was a tough ball game to win. We all knew the we all knew where we were going. 
and we all knew when we were getting there. Yeah, with some hurdles along the way with the equipment and stuff like that, you know, but that's what championship teams do. That's the pedigree that you have to have. You have to be, be able to come, overcome any adversity that comes your way. It's just like with Frank Clark not practicing all week, being, you know, having a stomach virus where he actually spent time in the hospital, you know, to come out and play a play, play spirited ball like that. Like I said, I'm going to stay on track. Hell of a, hell of a ball game by the Kansas city chiefs. I love what they did, man. We, uh, and we did some things in the process. Like I said, wrapped up the division, moved up a spot in the playoff picture, baby. Um, Pat Mahomes, first quarterback at the eight, under twenty under, under the age twenty five to go in to Foxborough and take down Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, first in NFL history to ever do that. So I give kudos and give credit to Pat and this team. You know, offensively, yes, I do get that. We wanted to see Darren Thompson implemented in more. You know, um, but it's one of those things, like I told you guys, man, it's a big game. They just going to kind of, you know, work him in, you know. But he had some good touches. He really did. Yes, he didn't get that many touches, but single-handedly he had some good productive plays. He took a screen play, you know, like I've been saying all year, get that dude out into space. He took that screen for like 20, 20, 30 yards, you know, stuff like that. Um Offensively, man, just to – yes, we know it wasn't pretty <laughs> as we all sat there together and watched, you know, and it wasn't pretty. You wanted to see them, you know, keep their foot on the pedal a little bit more, but they did what they had to get the job done. Um, guys made plays when they needed to. Um, Sammy Watkins had a few, few key catches to keep drives alive. Um, same with Tyreek Hill. Um, Travis Kelsey had a real good game as well. Um, just a real good, just a real good uh, performance by the offense, you know. It was one play, it was one play in that ball game I'm gonna take away. It was a third and nineteenth. The Chiefs was trailing three to seven in that ball game. Pat Mahomes having the gutsy to stand in that pocket and deliver a strike to Tyreek Hill over the middle to keep that drive alive, which ultimately led to Nicole Hartman's touchdown catch to put us up 10 to 7. It's that kind of stuff that I'm okay with. Uh, you know, um, yes, the offense, you know, we're having hiccups, stuff like that. We went for it on fourth and one yesterday, showed aggressiveness, aggression, picked up that fourth down, you know, um, completed third down stuff, you know, when we needed to. So good job by the offense. Like I said, I know it was three coming out the first half, you know, the second half. I know we wanted to put up seven, but that was a big three points that we put up. You know, that was all we did the second half. You know, but it was a big three points. We took time off the clock, and we showed we could adjust to what the Patriots were doing. Defensively, hats off, man. They won the game. Bottom line, point blank period. Frank Clark, passing out. Naughty Saunders, all those guys, man, just, just just the whole defensive unit. I'm not going to single-handedly give grace to no one. That 
that game was won by all 11 men on that defensive side of the ball and with spags and everything, you know, implementing stuff in. You know, I will say I'm going to give credit to Brent, Brendan Daly as well, the former Patriots defensive lineman, because that's big. That's another acquisition where this Kansas City Chiefs organization said, we want you. And we need you to take down the Patriots. And having his presence, he knew the kind of pressures and stuff like that that would kind of halter Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So I don't want to overlook that. He, having him as our defensive line coach, it, it, it go it is it, going a long way. It really is because the defensive line won that ball game. And I told you, the defensive line is better in the Patriots offensive line and it showed three sacks on the day. You know, kudos to Breeland, man. For the interception, you know, no one he said it himself. You know, just the communication between him and Thornhill and Honey Badger. He said, I knew Edelman wasn't gonna take me deep. I knew I had support behind me. So what did I do on the interception? I jumped, I faded off and just jumped that. That shows communication, man, and that shows that we are all on one page as a unit. That was a key, key, key. I say it. Everybody talking about the play of the year where he, you know, to, to knock it out, to end the game, I get that. But that interception, when he did that, that was just big, man. You know, it had hell of an effort, man. Like I said, the linebackers, we had a total of nine plays that were lost yesterday. The defense did what they had to do. Um, Damian Wilson, Reggie Ragland, Hitchens, just bringing pressure. Kudos, man. And special teams, Bunker, hell of a dive, man. He's a weapon. He's a weapon. To put three of them through the hoopty like that, you know, in those elements in Foxborough, those were three big field goals Bunker did. You know, like I said, that's that's – that's not an easy job, as we've seen in the Tennessee game. Special teams were involved in that W yesterday as well. You know, um, you got to be on the court. Your long snapper, your holder, and your kicker to put those three points through. You got to have good camaraderie, and they did that. And K pass also with the block field goal. You know, that was big as well. That's kudos to the special team. So. Hell of an all-around win, man. I know I went. I know I went for about two minutes, but hell of a long, you know, just just hell of a win, man. Just we needed that. The monkey is off our backs. Damn good job, KC Chiefs, baby, to go into Foxborough and to grab the lion by the throat and take him down. That was a that was a spirited performance, man. And uh, Beats, what you got on the dub yesterday? Two minutes, my ass, more like seven, nigga. No, I'm missing. Like for me, goddamn. All right. Um, I did that. That's why I did that on the rundown. I just said, she's breakdown. I didn't want to just, I wanted us to just have a whole little, you know. Conversation. Yeah, just have a whole little conversation instead of breaking it down. Just break it down collectively in our own little way. That's why I put it out there. All right, let me go on my tangent, God damn it. 
Let's start off with the Patriot Killer. Spags, baby. That's right. Man, that was a hell of a plan. I love what he did. Um, getting pressure on Brady, sacking him three times. Some of those were mainly uh, covered sacks. If if you can, um, if you're on Twitter, there are, there are a couple guys that I follow on Twitter that break down film, and they do little cut-ups and stuff like that, and they'll show you uh, what Spaz was doing with the uh, with the safeties and uh, DBs with uh, doubling, doubling James White and uh, excuse me and uh, Julian Edelman in certain situations to make Tom Brady hold on to that ball a, a tad bit longer to mm-hmm. so uh, you know Frank Clark, um, Chris Jones, and uh, Alex Okafor could clean up and make a sack. On, Excuse me, on break. So I love that. Also, I want to give kudos to Spags for actually, I love this game plan that he did with Frank Clark. Did you notice in the beginning, the first half, and especially in the third quarter, he wasn't, he was only out there on third downs. He let him play that whole fourth quarter. So he saved up Frank Clark's energy. And use them in key situations until the fourth quarter and then let, you know, the dog hunt, you know. Um, also, a good game by uh, Bashar Breeland, like you touched on, uh, Lee. Uh, you know, getting that interception. Um, whatever whatever that play was, I forgot what, what the Patriots were doing, but I guess they threw it to the running back out of the backfield and Breeland blew that up before halftime. And then they kind of packed it in and, you know, uh, let the clock uh, go down and went to halftime when they had two um, when they had two uh, timeouts left. They decided to pack it in and go to halftime. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just overall good game by the defense because the defense won this game. Switching over to the offensive side of the ball, um, we did enough. Uh, I personally did not like the game plan that we had. Um, this thing to be solid, you know, like I was saying, sort of the same things as far as, you know, the imbalance of um, run versus pass. Uh, if you add up all those carries, you get to 19. I still don't think that's enough. I think you can even that out a little bit. Um, you can at least try to establish a run game and, you know, somebody going hot to where you can go with the hot hand and you don't have to keep cycling it and you running back so you can get a rhythm with your uh, offensive line. Um, as far as speaking of the offensive line, I want to give them an F grade because they did a hard, in my opinion, they did a horrible job of keeping Pat straight up. He was pretty much running for his life all game long and that kind of messed up the timing with um, – with the with the wide receivers and tight ends, um, in the passing game, and Pat had to make do with what when he got his uh, chances. He you know he did what does what Pat does, but um, I mean like last night your prof was up there asking for you know shorter routes on some of those when when it's uh, you know third and five, third and three. You know you're trying to attack downfield. And, uh, you know, you can shorten up some of those reps just to keep chains moving. Um, 
they're going to have to get that cleaned up because with this office performance, I don't think uh, we'll be, you know, going deep into the playoffs. The, the defense is there. Now it's, it's time for the offense to uh, get us, get some things clicking. Um, you know, it's pretty much, you know, the Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill show. I mean, you know, um, Miko Harmon did have a touchdown. Sammy Watkins did get some touches. Yeah, Sammy Watkins only had a couple catches. Demarcus Robinson only had a couple catches. I was hoping for those guys to um, get more, have more involvement and step up and help pad out. But it was pretty much the Tyreek and Travis Kelsey show with the sprinkle of the other guys on this offense. So Andy Reid's going to have to try to figure something out because what they're doing now is not working. Um, you have some people around here, um, as far as the radio guys, talking about he's saving uh, plays for the playoffs. And like I said last night, um, if, you, if you're such an offensive genius, you should be able to come up with plays off of those concepts that you're running right now or that you want to run mm-hmm. and do that and come up with some more plays and up there talking about you don't want to you you don't want to use all your 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 little specialty plays that you're saving for the for the uh playoffs um and i mean that's just my opinion so uh, i do want to give before i uh you know wrap it up i do want to uh give kudos to the special teams even though they did have a hiccup on um on that block punt, even though I did read an article earlier saying that Reed said today in his press conference that that was supposed to be a, a they was going to they were going to run a fake punt, but something got um, excuse me um, there was a miscommunication and that's why there was a uh, that's why the Patriots was able to get come through so free. But other than that. Um, you know, like Lee said, you know, Harrison Buckner in the kicking game, you know, knocking down those threes, Tano Passanel blocking, you know, that um, the Patriots um, field goal help in the end with this game. So overall, good team win. Uh, we had a couple penalties there, you know, 10 for over 100 yards. Got to clean that up a little bit. I know that we'll get into it with the officiating of this game. It was horrible on both sides. I don't want to hear shit about, you know, uh, the Patriots fans or whatever up there complaining that we took a touchdown away from them. Um, Patriots been getting calls for years, so I don't want to hear that bullshit. Um, And also, a little tidbit, while, um, you know, we had a little disconnection uh, while recording this podcast, I was just seeing on Twitter that um, the Patriots, uh, I guess the league is looking into a – I guess the Patriots had a cameraman at the Cincinnati and uh, Browns game yesterday videotaping. Um, uh, <laughs> video, yeah. Video, <laughs> videotaping, you know, um, their signals and stuff like that. So uh, the Patriots are, you know, doing their, doing their cheating stuff. So. I, I can't stand the motherfuckers. I can't. I can't stand the motherfucker that just can't just win on just pure talent. Got to find every edge that they can just to maximize and can't just play by the rules of the game. So, um, with that, that's my thoughts on uh, yes yesterday's game. Yeah, you guys pretty much killed it on breaking down the games. Like I said, yeah, 
Defensive-wise, the defense did take over and win that game. Offense, you need to step it up. You need to catch up to your defense. It's always one or the other with these teams. One year we'll have offense. Next year we don't have defense. Defense is coming along. Now the offense is falling off. We need it all on both ends. And that's pretty much all I can say to really sum it up. You know, we don't need one side of the ball doing it all. We need both both sides handling it, getting it done, getting us where we need to go. Like you said, the yeah. West ain't enough. Let's 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 step it up. And whatever this plays that Andy Reid are talking about in the playoffs, it's better be one hell of a fucking playbook. Yeah. But, and, uh, but with that being said, um I'ma just kind of throw this in there real quick. That kind of backspin off of what you said and you and beats. You know, like we were saying yesterday during the game, you know, it better be something, you know, because um like I said, I'm going to take it for what it's worth. We got the dub. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, the offense did enough, whether it's getting into position to kick the field goals and going for it on fourth and one and converting and, you know, completing third and long, you know, passes to keep drives alive, you know, um, because it does show we haven't seen that formation all year long on the Travis Kelsey touchdown you know and the Patriots didn't know what was about to go on and it clearly showed it was an easy walk-in touchdown you know so I do think there's some more stuff and like Pops was saying I will give Pops credit the first time that the uh, the couple of times Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hartman were on the field you know, implemented into success. You know, Miko Hartman caught a touchdown pass from the slot, him and Tyreek Hill out there together. So I do think it's some more, but you just don't like playing Russian roulette. But yeah, like I was saying, man, you don't like playing Russian roulette like that, you know, from an offensive standpoint. You know, they did what they had to do, you know, com- converting the fourth and one, picking up third and long situations. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. We got the dub, you know. Um, it, it is some different stuff. Like I said, on the on the Travis Kelsey touchdown, you know, it was something different that we have never seen and the Patriots have never seen. So, you know, we got the dub. I'm just gracious and, you know, but as a defensive, I just want to throw this in there. Before I swing it to you, I like the fact that, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, if we weren't getting to Tom Brady, they were in his face where it was one or the other after each drive, after each right in his face. Like I said, he doing that jaw jacking with Chris Jones and stuff like that. We we had no back down yesterday. You know, they was letting him know after every play, oh, we coming, we coming. And they did, and I liked it that. That was just my take on that. Just hell of a win yesterday by the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, one more thing. I did forget about Tom Brady getting up in Chris Jones' face. That was funny. He was getting frustrated. And also, one more little random stat. Uh, Drew Brees did rush for 20 yards. <laughs> Damn. Did y'all know that? <laughs> I, I, he rushed for 20 fucking yards, man. Shit, Tom Brady rushed for almost 20. That, that scramble that he got late in the game was like for 15 yards, almost 20 yards. Yeah, yeah, he rushed slow ass. Right. Yeah, it, it, it took him all day to get there, but yeah, he rushed twenty yards. Yeah, it's right here. Yep, Tom Brady, twenty yards. He had a ten. A t- <laughs> wow. 
A ten, he averaged 10 yards per carry. Mm. Yep. That's funny as fuck. All right, but uh, let's get off into the officiating, Lee. You, this is something that you brought to the attention about uh, the officiating. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take the wheel on that. Yeah, man, just kind of taking the wheel. You know, um, I just felt that it was important, not just in the Chiefs and Patriots game, you know, um, just league-wide, you know, that we're sitting there watching the Saints, you know, how Beach touched on earlier, the Saints and 49ers game, that obvious penalty. It just, it just has to stop. I just wanted us all here you know, at Sports Talk KC to kind of touch on this, you know, because this is an ongoing issue. Um, You know, like I said, the Saints game, it it was some other questionable calls, you know, in other games, but mainly our game, you know. We know what it was. Like I said, we're playing against the 13. We knew we, as a unit, as a city, we're going to have to play against the refs. It was so many times in that ball game, flags were thrown. Flags were immediately picked up. You know, um, I was looking right after the game, uh, Mitchell Schwartz tweeted out, and he was he was just livid. You know, he was just like, oh, let that have been Mr. Brady getting pushed out of bounds four, you know, three, four yards out of bounds, how Pat did, and let mm-hmm. it be no, you know, no roughing the passer, you know, or necessary roughness. It would have been a riot out there at Gillette Stadium if that would have happened to Tom Brady. You know, it's just, it's just so, you know, that's what made yesterday's victory against them so humbling and just so, you know, gratified because we knew what we were up against. We knew the narrative. We knew that you were trying to make it hard. It's just a league-wide thing. It needs to stop. The NFL is the, the NFL is too rich in its history to let some of the stupidity go on with the officiating in these games. You know, like I said, man, the refs were trying their hardest to let, yes, some calls stood in our favor. I get that. But more of the calls were, you know, those calls were tilted towards the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick. I don't care how you cut and slice it. How Tower pushing Mahomes out of bounds like that. You don't call it another one where me and Beats were sitting there saying the dude clearly put his body weight on there. You cannot put your body weight on the quarterback. That is un- that is roughing the passer. They didn't call that one. All the pass interference calls. I just thought we should just touch on that, and that is my rent. It's not just with my Kansas City Chiefs. This is a league-wide thing, and it's going to end up costing someone a trip to advance or a trip to the Super Bowl or something. It is really corrupt with the NFL in its <laughs> and it just needs to come to a screeching halt because it is really this is sickening. It's sickening. That's, that was just my rant on it, man. I swing it to whoever want to pick up on it. That was just my rant. The, it, the officiating is just terrible throughout the league. Beats? Uh, just short and sweet. Um, 
like Lee said, with the officiating league wide, I mean, I can just go back to the uh, to that Super Bowl with, uh, even though that wasn't necessarily a ref thing, but just the Super Bowl with the uh, Patriots and Seahawks, where Russell Wilson threw that uh, interception, and then mm-hmm. the other Patriots one when they came back in Atlanta, and then you know last year with uh, with the calls we got that ticky-tack call on that offsides that had nothing to do with the play that cost us a trip to go to the Super Bowl last year. Um, the Saints with that no call last year. And then this, the the officiating this year, it just makes it feel like the game is rigged and it questions the integrity of the game. It makes it not fun to watch these games, you know, like you said, Lee, just short and sweet. Um, yeah, the NFL has to look in the mirror. They have all the damn money. They're a billion-dollar industry. There's no reason for these games to be rigged. The thing that helps keep the NFL popular is, you know, parity. You know, mm-hmm. any team has a shot from year to year. So, yeah, they, they got to fix that because it's unacceptable. And I'll just keep it at that. Yeah, like you said, uh, it's all – It's I'm trying to think of the word to say. Uh, it shouldn't be the officiating, the siding, the outcome of these games. It should be the play on the field. And these zebras, that I like to call them, are dictating uh, turnouts of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is a, what is a call? What's not a call? Like the Saints got screwed again yesterday, I believe, on a silly-ass play. Mm-hmm. It's just – and yesterday, I'm surprised we didn't get – yeah, we got some big penalties, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But, like you said, with the, the hit with Pat getting pushed out and not getting the call, and if it would have happened to Tom Brady, it would have been a ride down there. So, officiating in NFL just need to take a look in the mirror and clear some shit up because it's taken away from the uh, the uh, the love of the game. You know, I'm trying to think of a good word to, to – to, to explain it, but it's taken away from the nostalgia of the game mm-hmm. with the referees uh, dictating wins and losses. So it's just something, you know, we've been kind of haggling on that all year, and it's not going to change until the NFL, the shield itself, decides to take care of business and handle it right. And the Patriots, uh, and the Patriots are, are – they are just some fucking cheaters, bro. That's why I was spirited like that. Like Beats touched on, here it is, they – under investigation for taping the Cincinnati Bengals who they about to play. No, the Cincinnati, you don't have to tape their game plan to, you know, to, they are one and 12. <laughs> like, y'all need that extra added. It's just, man, that's why I was just so happy that we won that game yesterday. I was especially on Breland's, on Breland's deflection at the end of the game where he, he made sure he didn't touch Edelman. He just stuck his hand in there so smooth, knocked it down. He made sure no ifs, ands, or buts, game over. Because he knew if you were to touch, sneezed on him the wrong way, then bitches was going to throw a flag. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. You are right. Uh, but with that, uh, that's also, we also got a Monday night game. Um, we got the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, Lee, what is your predictions on the game? The Eagles should win this game. 
Should. <laughs> should. I, I don't know. I don't know if Saquon Barkley gets going and starts running over them. The Giants have a decent defense. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like I told you yesterday, there's a possibility all the teams in the NFC East could finish six and ten. <laughs> so I mean. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with – this game is just so stale to me. I wish it was another game on tonight. But it's – give me the Eagles, man, in a 20 to – 23 to 17. But but to add a little uh, narrative behind it, you know, Eli coming back and, you know, he, he had the tips on his shoulder and was saying how he hates being a backup and mm-hmm. maybe, you know what I'm saying, this is him setting the tone and – Wherever he, whatever he's going to do outside of uh, the New York Giants organization. So this may be something to watch, especially on the Eli Manning uh, side, because he's trying to prove that he still got it. So it may turn to be an entertaining game. Yeah, you I, actually forgot, I actually forgot he was coming back tonight. So, you mm-hmm. know, and <laughs> the Eagles are just so stagnant. So just maybe. Yeah, he's looking to put on the show, you know, because like I said, at the end of the year, his contract is up. So. And they're moving forward with Jones, so he needs to put on a performance so he can be somewhere else. And he wants to start; he does not want to be on the bench. So, what's your thoughts, Beats? Fly Eagles, fly baby! <laughs> uh, I'll go with the uh, seventeen to ten Eagles. I think I'll go with the Giants just because Leon got a, uh, a edge. Man, he's playing. He's playing a. He's playing to take control of his career right now, man. So I'm gonna go with the Giants, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. I, like I said, I predicted a close one. I would not be surprised if the Giants do it. Yeah, he, he's he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. He's a man. He, he's not gonna let his pride uh, knock him down, man. He's gonna he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna get it done, man. Because like I said, he's he's also playing. He's playing for his career at this point. He's trying to put on a showcase, so. I think you'll see a good game out of Eli. Uh, but with that being said, anything else you guys need to touch base on? Nope. Nah, I think we got everything. Just good win by the Chiefs, man. Good, good, good win. And we were, you were saying, like I was saying earlier, wrapped up the division for the fourth consecutive year, man. It's everything's looking up. Just gotta dust some things up. Yeah. And we will be back Friday. Like I said, man, the Chiefs, whatever we waiting on to see in these playoffs. I hope it's a hell of a play. Plays that Andy got put it aside. But we shall see. But with that being said, uh, kind of concludes another episode. I'm Cowboy. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Caviar. Jesus Christ, I'm sitting here in this. Damn, this dude is full. I'm sorry, man. I'm sitting here, you know what I'm saying, on the break, in the break room. I just see this car flying out. He just passes three or four cars on the opposite side of the road. Like, dude, what are you in the rush to go? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what are you that much in the rush for? But anyway, uh, Beats, if they're checking for you, where can they find you, man? They can find me at bbeats1492, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Check out the uh, Sports Talk KC Facebook group, uh, group and page. Um, whatever uh, platform you're listening to, to uh, listen to 
podcast, if they have a five-star uh, um, rating, uh, hit the five-star. If they have a room for to leave a review, leave a review that will help us gain some more viewership. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks for the support. If they're checking for you, Lee, where can they find you? Yeah, y'all can find me at uh, Radham Jones on Facebook. Like the fellas were saying, you know, take take um, advantage of every opportunity to get at us and leave y'all reviews and everything like that. So we're doing it for y'all, as Cal would say, you know, and appreciate the support, you know, every week, you know, that we uh, bring it to y'all live and direct, you know, the feedback that the things and stuff that we do get and the support. So it's well appreciated. Don't change. Yeah, that that saying that shit just instantly pissed me off. But yeah, uh, <laughs> let's get it done, and we see you guys Friday. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.